Intuitive Homeopathy Podcast. Welcome to the Intuitive Homeopathy Podcast. This is Angelica, and I'm interviewing Sarah Valentini, who is a professional homeopath in Australia. Would you like to share more about yourself, Sarah, and what your experience has been? Yeah, so um, I've been a practicing homeopath for over 10 years and I'm classically trained. I started my practice in a, in a certain way using a lot of my intuition and then when there was a lot of controversy around homeopathy I kind of reined my intuition in because everything it was like everything has to be evidence-based or everything has to be justified in a certain kind of scientific framework and a bit later on in my practice when I and when I met Angelica and started doing her classes into intuitive homeopathy, it just kind of reacquainted, I re- was reacquainted with that part of myself. When you're working with somebody and you're opening yourself to, you know, the, that information as well as the, you know, the, the straight factual information that you really got deeper healing. The process was more satisfying. The client felt more heard and understood even, you know, I really kind of um, exploded again into my practice. Tell me more about how intuition specifically is used during an intake session. Like how would you, how would you integrate it maybe compared to what you were doing before with a more kind of classical point of view? So in terms of the intuition in my practice, I I feel that I'm, um, as I've gone on more and more, the, I, I really feel for where the energy is in the case and whether whatever way I'm doing that, I'm following that that pathway. So it is through the symptoms, but it's also through discussion. It's also through noticing the feeling between, of the person or the feeling in the room or what's happening between us, me and the client, and acknowledging that or, you know, usually I, I would some at some point acknowledge it if I feel like it's important Um, to bring to the case so there's the intuitive part of the case taking and then there's also then using the sensation process to kind of open the client up into their own intuition and their own tuning into the child and I'd love to maybe if you have an example to think of um, I'd love to hear you share an example but this is particularly helpful when we work with moms and kids yes absolutely um, because, you know, and especially if you work with nonverbal children, number one, I think it connects, par- you know, a, a, a parent to their child. And from that space, there's so much healing because especially if you've got a child with a lot of um, challenging behaviours, you can disconnect from them. And, you know, it becomes very much about the head. How can I fix them? How can I fix them? What does this doctor say? What does that person say? Um, but when we get into the heart and we find that connection, we can really um, deepen the understanding of what what the what the relationship is between parent and child, but also what's going on for that child. So how how do you get into the heart? What what helps parents get into like the heart and the feeling side of things? Because you know the way that I feel is is that the the feminine side of our our nature is the feeling and the intuitive side of our nature that culturally we've really learned to hold back and suppress through generations and generations and part of healing is really learning to reawaken our feeling centers and our intuitive centers and learn to trust them because um that 
that is what really gives truth. How do you, in an appointment, bring people to that place? Especially if it's been so suppressed, if it's been so held back. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that, you know, there can be a bit of training that needs to happen around this. And so just bringing it back, um, preferably closing down the eyes so that it can just, you know, that the, the person, the client can turn within or the parent can turn within. And, you know, breathing, sometimes I'll get, get a bit of guidance myself and I'll suggest things if I feel like the parent is lost. You know, also opening up and exploring things that they say um, picking out words where I feel that that are important and and getting them to expand on those those words or those feelings or getting them to to connect with their child when they're happy and then getting them to connect with their child when they the child is you know having behaviors or you know flares or whatever it might be right right there's there's so there will be a point in the appointment where we ask the parent to close their eyes and to imagine what it's like to be their child and to feel into their heart. And it's possible that that parent may start to cry. What do you do in that moment? Yes, that's, that's the, that is a really important, um, precious little piece of the puzzle, I think, when that emotion can come out. And and then, you know, I just get them to feel into that once, you know, once it's kind of come up. But And it, it develops also a sense of trust, you know, like you've got me, you get it, okay, and now we can, might be able to go a bit deeper as well. So how would you go deeper? Like, like you've got this precious moment that you've acknowledged. How can you go deeper when, you, when you've hit that point where there's an emotional opening? Yeah. I think, you know, that's the, you know, tell me more in terms of the language that I would use. Tell me more. What does that remind you of? Um, uh, and, and opening up what comes to them at that point in time. There comes a time where you've gathered enough information and you need to prescribe a remedy. What tools does a homeopath use or have at her disposal to finding that remedy or set of remedies? Well, I sometimes do a classic repertorization where you collect all the symptoms and you put them in and you see the remedies that score most highly under those symptoms. But I tend to find one really good symptom and I look at the remedies that come up and I, um, I muscle test really which ones resonate. And I'll just feel, I just keep feeling into it until, you know, and muscle testing until it feels like this is, okay, this is, this is working for this person. And you said kind of the magic buzzword, which is muscle testing, which classical homeopaths don't accept really. Yet when you integrated it into your practice, you felt like things really took a shift for the better in terms of integrating that and integrating that aspect. So why is it that there's so much judgment around something like muscle testing? And how is it that the world of homeopathy maybe could open up to a more intuitive approach? Yeah, gosh, that's a good question. In terms of case taking, my intuition was always very strong. And then I, yeah, I actually had a client who was a kinesiologist who wanted to do muscle testing with me and I did it, this is years and years ago, 
and I did it and I was curious but I didn't feel comfortable and even then doing doing certain types of muscle testing I wasn't comfortable and so um but with my history and my um, experience with meditation, um, my personal experience with meditation and noticing changes and noticing shifts and noticing myself in relation to other people, I kind of noticed, noticed the shifts. And so now I muscle test um, inter- just in- internally. So I run through. I don't particularly do any kind of physical testing or, you know, raising my arm or anything like that. It's a felt sense of this feels right. And I know you like yoga, but taking care of yourself as a homeopath and developing that, that inner sense of like my inner truth, this is what's right. This is what resonates with my truth can be really crucial. Can you share more about that? Your own kind of self-development and how important that is? Yeah, I, I, um, because for, for, for probably, um, a long, long time ago, I, um, I've always been into meditation, but a long time ago, probably 20 years ago, I started attending an ashram and we did a lot of meditation practice, but a lot of it was about clearing any energy that we had in our bodies that we were holding, acknowledging it and releasing it before we could sit in meditation. So it was, it was a practice that I did every day and, and I had a lot of discipline around it because there was a lot that I felt I was holding. And so clearing out, you know, sorting myself out in a way was so important to being able to then notice what's mine, what's somebody else's and what's in this space. And that kind of really put um, a discipline around making sure that I was clear. And I think that's really important for not only sitting with clients, but being able to muscle test what's what's happening with this person. As a, as a practitioner, I feel like I do put energy into and, and time into making sure that I'm clear enough so that I can be um, as objective and clear and compassionate with my clients. Right, right, right. We need to, we need to get really healthy and clear in ourselves so that we know that what we're being presented with, we're able to kind of recognize it and, and stay in that kind of both objective, rational, analytical you know, quote unquote, masculine perspective, but then also the compassionate, intuitive feeling and empathic place. And so we're juggling these two parts and yet we're a bit in the minority. I know that you and I connected and met and felt a great deal of resonance with one another um, in the fact that we do use more intuitive tools in our case taking and finding how crucial that is from finding the right potencies to frequencies to ruling out remedies and and getting the analytical mind out of the way and setting it aside and saying I have no idea here let my let my body my intuitive sense my feeling sense guide me here and there's so much wisdom in that and balancing those two and so um so we really connected and decided to put the hive together and it's been a really exciting organic process how easily it's kind of come together. The hive is really an opportunity for us to put into action these principles of more intuitive heart-centered homeopathy that is also more collaborative. Um, Do you want to speak to that like the traditional kind of setup where the, the healer as God and the patient as you know, I'll just do what you say versus a more collaborative style of homeopathy? 
Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, it's good that you mentioned that because I do, I feel like with my clients that when we work as a team, that it just, you know, it can go so far when, you know, when we're about, you know, I'm bouncing off the client and they're bouncing off me because really they're the source of the information. They're the real source of the connection. They are the, the connection to their child and to, you know, they can, they can really speak for their child and feel their child and, you know, we can kind of work out this space together. So, you know, like inviting them to be in that heart-centred um, space and, you know, a lot of a lot of clients end up kind of reading a lot about remedies and understanding them, which I think is fantastic and I really love working with people like that. And then I can give my feedback as well on that, you know, from the left brain side as well as the right brain side or what I'm noticing. But that really collaborative experience in my, it does really um, deepen the healing and I do feel like things can go so much further. Um, instead of just telling people what to do um, and they do it or, you know, they don't really take it on in a way as well, like because you, I think especially with neuro, neurodiverse children, like you do have to take it on as the parent, you know, and so these parents are doing so, so much, but it can end up being such a real mess in the head because it's just like, oh, but, you know, they've got high aluminium and so if we get that down, that'll solve the problem. Oh, no, but over here they've got Pyrrhal's disorder and if we just sort that out and, you know, you can do labs all day long and, and don't get me wrong, I do enjoy looking at labs and I do think they're important, but, you know, sometimes you can get so stuck in the head thing of trying to work it out. Um, you know, as a parent, I think that you eventually, you know, like, it, and then if you don't get the results and maybe the aluminium goes down or the, you know, whatever else changes, but the child hasn't changed, um, then, you know, you're kind of going around in that, in that circle. But when you bring it down into that, into the heart, we're connecting, we're connecting to your child. Yes, we've got all these physical things that we could be working with, but what's really important here? Like, you know, it's not always bringing down the aluminium or, you know, getting rid of the clostridia or whatever it might be. Right, right. People are looking for that quick answer from a lab. Oh, it's because they have XYZ on a lab and if I just address this, everything will get better or... Um, yeah, I've got, if I can get these metals down, everything will get better. And absolutely, you know, that that's a biomedical, uh, that's a model that is useful. But the homeopathic model is really trying to connect all the dots and see and understand that the root cause of maybe why there's bacterial overgrowth or high heavy metals has a deeper causation, you know, that could could be connected on many levels that we're trying to get to and to get to that root, we need to kind of go deeper and have the engagement of parents. And so our ideal parent is one who can, can really uh, do some soul searching and some own self learning. Well, I, I, when I um, started your classes and I, um, when the first class I saw, I was just like, it's like the heavens opened. It was just like, oh, my God, um, this has just opened up so much or, or maybe it's given me permission to to work like this. But then noticing the, that uh, um, a, lot of, um, a lot of the parents in, in the group and their experiences and their intuition and their understanding of these 
um, illnesses or these disease processes was far beyond what you could learn in any book and far beyond what, you know, like it, it just brought a whole extra layer um, and maybe it's because of also a lot of these women are so intuitive and so, you know, have such a deep understanding. But, you know, it felt to me like this is, you know, this is such powerful healing, like these women and their depth of understanding could be really um, helpful to other parents as well, you know, once they've done training with homeopathy. And and really that's also like treats like is having somebody who has similar experience treating you with something with similar experience, you know, it's like you get the remedy that's like treats like, but if you can get the homeopath that really understands the complexity of what you're dealing with, then that's also like treats like. And um, that can be a really beautiful thing, you know, um, you know, I, I, there's a quote, it's like, what breaks your heart about the world? That's where your service is. And for a lot of these women, you know, they, they are compassionate for other women. And there's such incredible networks online amongst um, parents where they are serving each other and it is collaborative and egalitarian. And, um, we're doing um, a service to what that energy is by by bringing this out in the hives. And, and there's so many more people coming to homeopathy. I really feel like just, just in this past year um, with the quarantine and with a lot of people maybe doing their own research, it just feels like homeopathy is ready to step into the gap in healthcare that exists for so many people who are not finding answers within the mainstream. And um, homeopathy has answers on so many levels that it's very exciting. And if people can do a little deeper research and learning and find out what it has to offer, it's it's enough to make you want to drop everything and, and really learn. And, and we hope to offer classes um, as well in the future. So more to come. Thank you so much, Sarah. I think this was a really great podcast. Thank you. 